wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a phenomenal football Friday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. It is the BetQL Network, and it's you here with us. Simulcast for the next couple hours by our friends at Stadium. And if you're watching us right now on Stadium, a tip of the proverbial cap to you. My good sir or my good lady. We got two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way to get you set to bet and win this weekend on the National Football League. Gets you set to bet and win bowl season in college football. Lots of good stuff on the way in the next two hours. Colin Wilson will join us in 20 minutes from the Big Bets on Campus podcast. Give us his early thoughts on the national playoff semifinals in college football and the rest of the bowl games as well in the great sport. Anthony DeBundo later this hour. Soccer bets for the weekend and thoughts on what's setting up to be a pretty thrilling title race in the English Premier League. So listen, you might not like watch a ton of soccer. Maybe you do. He's done the work so you don't have to. Soccer bets this weekend from our pal Anthony DeBundo coming up in 40 minutes. Our stadium teammate Brad Evans stops by next hour on the show. Prop bets for week 14 in the NFL. And uh, 100 minutes from now, we'll hear the glass. And it'll be your bookie's ass. The glass man, PJ Glasser, stops by all of his bets for football for the weekend. One hour from now, so if you're watching the show on YouTube and Twitch, youtube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, twitch.tv backslash betql. Uh, One hour from now, we will read your favorite bets for the weekend, so type those in the chat. Our executive producer, Alex Fasano, hashtag Coleman through the chats. We'll, We'll pick some of the best ones, so give us your favorite football bet for the weekend, complete with the reason why you like it. If you have questions about the games also, we will answer them for you. That is coming up one hour from now, so get those thoughts in, get those bets in, get those questions in. Make the case for your favorite bet. 60 minutes from now, Ken and I will read them here on the show and in the final hour of the program uh the six to seven o'clock hour eastern time all our bets for tonight and for week 14 nfl sunday but for now ken let's get into uh the patriots and steelers who played on thursday night football obviously the patriots winning a close game on the road in pittsburgh and let's spin it forward to their games coming up week 15 in the nfl and by the way i don't know if you agree with this but just saying week 15 I didn't feel this way about like week 14 or week 13. Week 15 is like, wow. Like we really are like almost done here with the regular season. I didn't feel this way for week 14. Week 15, though, kind of feels like a different story for me. I don't know if you feel the same way. I'll uh, I'll feel I'll feel the wow when it's like week 18. Then I'll be like, oh, wow, (laughs) it's it's over. That's 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 where I'm 14, 13. It's like happy go my green jacket, gold jacket. Who gives a bleep? Like that's, you know, like week 14, 13. Let's just keep checking them off, man. Let's just keep doing it. And it's not that the games aren't really fun. Uh, just it's a, it's, a, it's a long season. So, yeah, week 15, certainly uh, into the final quarter. And, you know, at least finally, honestly, finally have some idea how the teams are going to fit together. It took us a long time to get to get to this point where I think in the NFC, I think a lot of us feel very confident, at least about the ordering. And maybe you don't know the last couple teams to get in at the end, but you don't really need to know because they're probably not going to win anything. And in the AFC... Like, it's been a mess the whole time, but I think we do have at least a little more clarity on just, like, who's in and out, even if we don't know the exact seed. So, man, it took us 
took us 14 weeks to probably be able to be even able to say that. And then after this week, I feel like, especially in the AFC, we'll have like a much better idea of if teams have kind of taken themselves out of the picture, like what happens if the chiefs lose again, and they'll go into a game that we're going to talk about against the Patriots in a second where they will desperately need that game to kind of like right the ship. And not that they're in jeopardy of missing the playoffs necessarily, but in jeopardy of getting a pretty rough seed, like could definitely be the four and, uh, and we'll see what happens there. It, it took 14 weeks to learn the teams and find out it's going to the playoffs. All right, what's the, the week 15 is on the way here. Uh, coming up next week, let's talk about it here. We'll spin it forward to the Patriots and Steelers. Jake, bring the music up, please. And Ken, let's start. Actually, I guess let's start on Saturday with the Colts and the Steelers. We'll go in chronological order. And uh, for the Patriots-Chiefs game, that was supposed to be the Monday night game next week. And the NFL, to quote Stone Cold Steve Austin, said, eh, eh and move the Eagles and Seahawks to Monday night instead next Monday night. But first, we'll be the Colts and Steelers. This is a Saturday game next week. Like super high leverage, obviously, at the bottom of the AFC wildcard race. Now, Indy plays in Cincinnati this Sunday, currently a dog in that game. They had been favored most of the week. Cincinnati now a two-point home favorite with how well Jake Browning played on Monday night. So Cincy, a two-point home favorite against the Colts on Sunday. Indy will host this game next week. Steelers riding a losing streak. Vibes are hashtag low right now in Pittsburgh for the Steelers, Ken. Thoughts here on the Colts and the Steelers next week. Projected point spreads. What do you think you might want to do in this game? Yeah, I mean, I think the question in this game, uh, obviously some of it will depend on how Indianapolis plays on Sunday. Like if they get trucked by Cincinnati in the game, I guess it could be a different market. Uh, Feels to me like after what we just saw against the Patriots, like it's going to be Colts three a lot of the time, I think. And it would just be... uh, if the Colts played particularly poorly, I guess they could play really well, too. That just seems so much less likely with Gardner Minshew on the road. Uh, even if they beat the Bengals, I'll still say Colts three. If they play awful, then maybe it opens three and it gets bet to the Steelers side and it ends up in two and a half. But uh, I think that's kind of the type of market that we're thinking about here. And it's worth noting um, the Steelers will have extra rest coming into the game. The Colts will play on a short week. They'll play Sunday, Saturday. The Steelers will play Thursday, Saturday. And that kind of stuff gets either priced in originally or if it's not priced in, bet into the market pretty fast. Um, So that's what kind of leads me to believe. I think we're talking about like a a three-ish kind of number and maybe some interest in Pittsburgh at open just playing the rest advantage, provided that they don't have any additional injuries like that come out of the next couple of days. And if you're like watching the show right now, you're probably like, wow, that was really good breakdown of what we might see at open. Yes, it was. It's what we try and do here on You Better You Bets. Good job by Ken there with what <laughs> yes. we're going to see. Yes, so now uh, yeah. it, it, it was it was excellent. Uh, so let's have an opinion conversation. So that's what we're likely to see in the market. Hard to disagree, right? Um, okay, so opens three. Maybe it's two, two and a half. Uh, what's your opinion then for the Colts? Obviously, like, let's see how the game goes on Sunday, but assuming like things remain static, like no big injuries, and let's say the Colts win or lose like a close game, which is the projection in the market right now, like a coin flippy type of game. Like, what do you think you'd want to do in this game with Indy and Pittsburgh? Um, well, I have something I'm hoping for in the game too, which we haven't talked about, but uh, I think for me, this will be like a classic two very average to like subpar kind of whatever teams in the late part of the season so how do i typically like to play those games or how do i generally think about them like 
home team by three. And if it's different from that, like play it in that direction. So like three and a half bet the Steelers, two and a half bet the Colts. Um, but the idea that there's just no difference between so many of these teams in these late season games. Also, it's very tough for a lot of these teams to win by margin in their games. So maybe it's tease Pittsburgh if it's two and a half. I think I would be more likely to bet Indy than tease Pittsburgh in that situation. But uh, yeah, just like play it back to three on whatever side it ends up kind of like settling in by the time I, I can get to the market. And then I do think we we maybe end up getting an opportunity. So the the Colts and the Bengals are going to play, obviously, this weekend. Steelers just played a game. Trubisky looks terrible. I mean, look, the game went over the total, but like he looked brutal. And uh, the Bengals and the Colts might play a weather game this weekend, which you would think would significantly impact scoring, not even through any fault of the teams themselves, just like its scoring conditions are going to be really tough. Maybe we get a low total in this game as a result of how each game, each team played their last game. Like Steelers would be coming off a bad offensive performance. The uh, Colts would potentially be coming off a bad offensive performance just because of the weather. Uh, the look ahead totals are like 39 and a half and 40 way over way, oh, way, yeah. way over. Yeah. I mean, not even close, oh, yeah. honestly, for, for me, at least like the market can be that I just, I disagree. And I'd like to bet over like Belichick is going to design these like, and they did a great job on the telecast pointing this out. Like it's him against Trubisky. Like this is one of the reasons why the total was so low last night. That part of it, like how's, how's he going to move the ball in the game? Like how are they going to do this? Designing a lot of defenses where a ton of players are moving right before the snap and then confusing him. Like they have the personnel to be able to, and the, and the coaching to be able to execute a really complex defensive game plan. Not sure the Colts are really going to show up and do the same thing in the game. Not really. I, I actually could see Trubisky playing very well next week and uh, and the game going over the total. Not that the Steelers would win. Just I think your output offensively for both teams would be really high. And maybe you get a good number in the market because our lasting impression of both teams will be like, eh, kind of like low scoring, whatever. Just make it like all the other games this year, 40. Like I, I would strongly disagree with that. I, I I love that thought on the over. Obviously, like Steelers teaser legs, just like with two like mediocre-ish teams. I would say that I, I would personally, we'll see how the game goes on Sunday, I'd be more likely to lay it with Indianapolis. I I think the Colts are kind of onto something here, especially if the pass rush is going to be as good as Baldy says it can be when he joined us on the show on Wednesday. You better you better here with Nick and Ken on a phenomenal football Friday. We'll talk about the Patriots and Chiefs next Sunday in Foxborough in a second, but we do have this piece of news here, and like nothing is confirmed yet, but uh, John Morosi of MLB network who's been all over the Shohei Otani sweepstakes like throughout throughout the entire the duration but especially today um tweeted a few moments ago um Otani is en route to Toronto uh he has not signed anything yet but that reading that report certainly makes it seem like Otani is going to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays right. not gonna, guaranteed gonna go to Toronto we're gonna go to Toronto and be like I'm I'm signing with the Dodgers <laughs> right. <It's just> like, <laughs> hang out with Drake I mean who knows yeah. taking a Raptors game we'll we'll we'll, we'll see so yeah. you read that report obviously if you're a Blue Jays fan you want to make some and if and when it happens we'll have a conversation obviously we'll bring Jake onto the sure. show and talk about you know the MLB futures market obviously the Yankees made their move a couple days ago with Juan Soto coming to the Bronx and now the Blue Jays would make their move acquire I mean what a coup that would be for Toronto to get Otani and obviously would be a pretty big blow to the LA Dodgers losing out on Shohei Otani but uh we'll do that if and when that happens and we'll get to it but Ken give us your thoughts here and we have to see how the Chiefs play on Sunday it's basically a pick now for Kansas City at home against the Bills Bills coming off their bye no Pacheco in this game maybe Pacheco goes on IR I said last hour on the show, I feel like the Patriots will, will draw some interest in this game. Obviously, it's price-dependent, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. Uh, I guess my question would be, like, what is this going to open 10, a little less, a little more? Like, what do, what do you think we see next week, and your opinion for Kansas City and New England? 
Yeah, it's a really interesting one, and it's worth noting that the same uh, pro-Steelers argument of, like, well, they have extra rest going into a Saturday game. Again, like, think of how each team comes off their game from a fatigue standpoint. Again, late in the season, especially, I feel like these angles or these uh, these aspects of the game get bet a little bit more. Teams are just gassed in some situations. It's one of the reasons why the Niners were probably such a big favorite against the Eagles last week. And in this game, it's, like, Patriots play Thursday, they play a home game the following Sunday, the, St- the Chiefs have to play the Bills on Sunday and then travel the next week. I mean, it's that's advantage Patriots in terms of just how the market would get bet at open. So I think you're you're definitely onto something or you're in the neighborhood. You know, I, I don't know exactly what this is going to open. I could guess like, you know, I think something around 10 probably would be my guess. And maybe it's nine and a half. Maybe it's 10 and a half, whatever. Uh, if it opened like 10 and a half or 10. I would guess that people would immediately bet the Patriots. That would be my guess. Now, if the Chiefs win like 50 to nothing, which isn't going to happen, just to be perfectly honest, like there's almost no chance you, they win 50 to nothing. Would be a hell of an outcome. Yes. Would be a hell would of be an quite outcome. A, I, I think there's a better chance the Bills win 50 to nothing probably than the Chiefs win 50 to nothing. But like, you know, if, if they win and look very good, could it hold on 10, I guess? I, just, I think there'll be interest in the Patriots for the same reason they'll be interested in the Steelers, uh, this extra rest late season angle. And in the, in the Patriots uh, case... They, they at least gave you a slightly better version of themselves than you'd seen recently, and I think that'll hold some weight um, with people that'll come into the market to bet early. So you get a team on a rest advantage coming off one of their better performances of the season. Um, you know, that, that's definitely enough to maybe, maybe it opens less than 10 for that reason, but I think you're in the neighborhood from a number standpoint. Um, and and just just to like jump the gun on your next question, I don't know what the hell I would bet in the game. I mean, I really have no idea. I'd, I'd kind of want to see like, all right, how do the Chiefs look Sunday? Uh, how healthy do they escape the game? They'll have a number of key players not playing on Sunday. Uh, uh, one of the, uh, Donovan Smith, one of their offensive linemen, Drew Tranquil, like the green dot defender who communicates with the sideline, who got concussed early last week, uh, got hit by the largest knee, uh, you know, in mankind's history by AJ Dillon. Uh, just you know, like they're going to miss a lot of players. Any of those guys coming back that can move the market too. Um, yeah, I think we're talking about something like ten, and maybe let's just see how the Chiefs play. Uh, also worth noting for the Patriots here, um, I, I I think that they'll get next week. I think they'll get back Pop Douglas and Devontae Parker. Um, Douglas has missed the last couple games. Parker was like a pretty like surprise and active last night when they came out 90 minutes before kickoff. My sense is that they'll get both of those guys back for next week's game. And and I'll give Ezekiel Elliott a lot of credit. I, among and a lot of other people, also kind of thought like Zeke was finished. That's, last night, Zeke looked... I think he looked better last night than like Tony Pollard has looked in like any game this season for the Cowboys. And for a couple years, like I was one of the drivers of right? He he was he's really good. I was kind of driving like the Pollards better than Zeke Bandwagon for like three years prior to this year. Zeke Zeke was better last night than like Pollard's basically been all season. Um let's see how this game goes here. If the Chiefs offense looks impotent again, Patriots money line. I mean, I would never bet that, but you're you're welcome. You're welcome to take a big price there. Certainly, you don't. Um, you don't want to get zapped. It's a huge. I mean, it's a they they play the Chargers, who are impotent offensively, and they play the Steelers. Like, I mean, like, do anything about those games tell you about when they play Mahomes? What's going to happen? I mean, it's just like such an incredible step up in class. Um, so yeah, maybe that's the case. Also, also worth noting, and I just thought of this right now. Good game last night for Juju Smith Schuster against one of his former teams. This oh, is the continuation I of the like Juju this. Revenge Tour. It's a two-week oh, wow. Juju Revenge Tour. Yeah. That, you love it. Love it. A little bit of Juju <laughs> Revenge. Whatever.
Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. All right. On the other side, let's get you some picks. Early picks for college football bowl season. Early thoughts on the college football playoff semifinals. Our good friend Colin Wilson stops by on the other side from the Big Bets on Campus podcast talking college football. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. better you bet as a reminder for people watching right now on youtube and twitch uh get those bets in for the weekend your favorite football bet with the rationale behind it ken and i will talk about them coming up 40 minutes from now at five o'clock eastern time we await official word by the way on shohei otani we told you in the last segment john morosi of mlb network reporting that otani's on his way to toronto right now which presumably means he's going to sign with the Blue Jays. Not confirmed, but it looks like that's the direction right now that we could see Shohei Otani joining Vladdy, Vlad Jr. and Bichette and company in Toronto and the Blue Jays and just the arms race in the American League East. So we'll talk about that as we move along, if and when we get news. But joining us right now to talk some college football, maybe a little Otani also, a big baseball guy as well, is our good friend, the very swole man, I said this to him in the break, he's looking good, definitely putting in time at the gym. Our friend Colin Wilson for the Big Bets on Campus podcast featuring friends of the show Stucky and Brett McMurphy, who was on with us earlier this week, three of the best guys in the industry. Um, support them and check out their show, Big Bets on Campus. Colin's written work over at the Action Network has his bold confidence pool article getting set to be uh, released on the Action Network. Like He's doing a lot of the work so you don't have to do it, and he is on Twitter at underscore Colin one Colin spelled with two L's. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Thanks for having me, guys. Listen, today was my day. I marked it off to write my bowl confidence piece that'll be out next week to study all of these bowl games to figure out how you should rank them and place them in your pool. And then somebody sent me a link of Otani's plane going from Orange County, John Wayne, all the way to all the way to Toronto. And all I've been doing is watching that plane watching these 15 to one odds go down to 11 to one then come off the board. Like it's just craziest thing today. What, uh, what do you think if he goes there, Colin, like we can, we can still speak in hypotheticals cause he hasn't signed a contract with anybody yet. But I, I said this in the first hour, like, you know, was he going to fly to Toronto? And then like, it's like a, like a, you know, high school senior in football, like put a fake, put on the hat and then put on the other hat of like the Dodgers. Like, I don't think so. Probably more likely than not, he's going to be a blue Jay. Like, what would that mean to you? If that happened, would it, is something you would want to bet? Would you like, do you, do you like the fact that he would pick the blue Jays? Nick and I were kind of saying, is it good that he's in Canada? Like, do we like that? We're not even really sure. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the big thing about Shoei Otani is, is that he wants to pitch in climate-controlled environments, and which is a big reason what led him to L.A. in the first place. And so Toronto made a lot of sense because you're going to play half your games in a dome, and then you're going to have another, what, 18 road games down playing with the Rays. 
But good luck with your ERA when you're when you're visiting Yankee Stadium and even the Orioles. You're going to see them so many times, Zach. At all, but I I don't think I don't think like pitching is in his plan. I'm not exactly sure how many innings that he can pitch this year. I don't even know if he is going to pitch this year. But from a bat perspective, he'll have all of the protection in the world. I, I don't think it changes the fact that he's the leader in the clubhouse for AL MVP. Uh, especially considering that he used to just have Mike Trout in the lineup. Now he's going to have everybody in the lineup. Um, you know, I, I think it's a really good fit, uh, especially once once he comes back to pitch. Um, I, I I can't buy Blue Jays futures considering we don't know how much he's going to be able to pitch. So I have held off on not uh, pulling back the rubber band and firing on the Blue Jays today. And from from what we have the great expression there, by the way, from what we understand, by the way, uh, the expectation is that Otani's not going to pitch this year, probably not until twenty five. Things things can obviously change if they're in like a deep run in the postseason. Maybe it could close games, whatever. I'm I'm speculating, not that that could happen, just that maybe it could happen. We'll talk more about this over the course of the show if we get firm word on Otani signing with the Blue Jays or potentially elsewhere. But Colin. Uh, to quote the great Scott Hall, the late great Scott Hall, you know who I am and you know why I'm here. And Colin, mm-hmm. you're here to help us win some money on these college football bowl games, right? And and before we get to the uh, the national semis here with uh, Alabama and Michigan and Washington and Texas, you're big time hashtag in the weeds on this stuff, the transfer mm-hmm. portal, who's out, who's in, coaching stuff, et cetera, this time of year. That's like a, a lot for people to try and like process, obviously. Um, do you have like a couple bo- like non playoff games that you have circled right now that you think could be good betting opportunities for our listeners and viewers? Missouri. I'm not sure when Missouri needs to stop steaming. That's a number I took at six and a half, three and a half. I took a money line. I would take it at Missouri minus three. Uh, Ohio state is quickly becoming a very depleted program from what you saw on the field this year, especially at the quarterback position. But on the other side, Missouri has been a team on a mission. It's one of the biggest bowl games that they will ever play in. Everybody's going to play for them, and they and Ohio State just doesn't have any answers here. And offensively, what are they going to do? Like Kyle McCord, like his only explosive option was Marvin Harrison. I just do not see how they are able to keep up with a Missouri team that has just ran through everybody, only lost to Georgia by nine. So out of all the bowl, I mean, to give away the bowl confidence piece for next week, I can tell you Missouri is going to be right up there at the top, and I, it's already financially the deepest one I'm in so far. Colin, I, I try to like I, I've kind of unplugged from like a lot of college football news. Like I, I don't bet the bowl games. I, I you know I read what you write. I, we have some other people on the show, and I bet that stuff. Obviously, like I, even I've seen like the list of transfers for Ohio State players that aren't going to be at the program anymore, and it's extensive. And it's not like not everyone's leaving, but like a lot of players are leaving. Is like the expectation that like Ryan Day is also like did I miss this? Like is he going to keep being the coach? Is there something going on behind the scenes? Like you don't get an exodus like that without some kind of reason. Usually it's a Ohio State like what what's going on there yeah well first off when you get conservative in your biggest games of the year and you you know fail to execute and creating explosives that's going to really get a get all on a lot of people's nerves and uh, especially your own fan base and um you know you know it's crazy to me that they were so close to making the national championship last year with CJ Stroud and then here we are a year later and people are questioning uh you know what kind of coach he is I will say this he is a great offensive mind, and the reason they failed this year to get any of their goals, I mean, I mean, still finished, what, sixth in the college world playoff ranking? They failed because they didn't have the quarterback. They know that. I'm sure that it was whispered to Kyle McCord, you probably want to hit the bricks because we're going out to get Cam Ward or somebody else. I mean, it's, it's just not going to be your position. We're going to go out and buy a quarterback, whether it's Dante Moore, whether it's 
uh, Cam Ward. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's not going to be Kyle McCord. And, and, you know, college football game is so much about the players that you have. I mean, you look at Arkansas, like everybody was back in this team, and then you get one bad offensive coordinator, all of your players hit the portal, and, and you almost get fired for your job. So it's just so important to have the right coordinators and players in place. I mean, really, just like we really are in, and it's not a criticism of it, just like a statement of fact. We're like a, a new world in college football right now. It's kind yeah. of crazy, but like that kind of is what it is. It's prof- yeah, it's it is a sport. perfect. Yeah. A whole new world. Yeah. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Friday. Uh, Colin Wilson is our guest on Twitter at underscore Colin one. Colin with two L's. Big bets on campus is the podcast, and his written work can be found over at the Action Network. All right, my friend, let's get some early thoughts on the uh, national semifinals. We'll start with the Rose Bowl with Michigan and Alabama, and I still, every time I bring up this game, I laugh in my head thinking about Michigan's reaction when Bama got announced as the fourth team instead of Florida State. Um, Michigan's a one-and-a-half point favorite in this game, Colin. The total's 45-and-a-half. Early thoughts, any bets that you've got? uh, How do you handicap Michigan and Bama early on in the process here? I don't have money on this single game because I have futures on Alabama. I scooped uh, plenty of 9-to-1 back a few weeks ago thinking that they could they could beat Georgia and make it into the cultural playoff. I think what's astounding me is the pure amount of money that Alabama is taking right now. And if you're betting it right now, you're probably somebody like me who's looking far ahead, trying to get value, trying to beat the market. And somebody that bets early in the week is generally pretty keyed in. So all of us are betting this and it's not moving. And that I don't have a logistical answer as to why this number is not moving. I see some ones out there, but really one and a half is still there. Alabama, I think the worst money line I found is minus 102. There's nothing that Michigan does that Alabama can't stop. And I'm going to give you every reason in the world why Alabama can win. But at the same time, the market's not moving yet. So Blake Corum runs pure inside zone. That's the only thing they do on offense. And Alabama is one of the best at stopping that. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy is not going to throw against this defense that ranks number one in PFF when it comes to coverage. And then what is Michigan going to do with Jalen Milrow? Like, I get your defense is pretty good, but this kid is getting better and better and better. And, you know, if you don't maintain your pass rush integrity, he's going to take off. And by the way, he throws the most beautiful deep ball, best of anybody out there, you know, just unbelievable, like 23 big-time throws, to no mistakes on balls thrown over 20 yards. I'm going to be out there at the Rose Bowl. I don't understand why this number is Alabama as a dog. Maybe it changes in two weeks, Nick, but uh, right now I, I don't get it. I, I am not hedging my Alabama futures at all. Yeah, it's funny. When the market first opened, Nick and I were on the air, Colin, when the, the playoff teams were announced, we were doing the Sunday NFL show, which quickly turned into a Sunday college football show because we were just really <laughs> excited about the matchups. And uh, and I even said, I go, like, look, they're going to open a favorite, but like I Alabama has to close a favorite in the game. And I don't even – I like, I want Michigan to win. Like, I have the Michigan futures, but I'm like, look, like let's be honest here. Like, I, I'd be shocked if Alabama doesn't close a favorite. And to your point, like, hasn't happened yet. Maybe like, yeah. we got some time. Maybe it'll happen at some point, and uh, and maybe that'll give some time for this, this the market in the second game to change too. Colin, I actually have no idea which side of this you're on. I think it, I mean it's a really interesting game because it's two teams that are never in this situation ever playing each other. Whereas typically it's Georgia against somebody, Clemson against somebody, Alabama against somebody. This is kind of all new, which is cool. Texas a four point favorite against Washington, much higher total than in the first semifinal. Obviously, uh, sixty four. Have you made any bets in this game? 
I haven't because I am the holder of the only 100 to one in the world on Washington that I got. Yes, that's right. I forgot yeah, about that. So, right, yeah. uh, and the thing is, is, I got pounded from that for people like, why did you put this in the app? Like, how come we, because it was the only 100 to one in the world. And the second I hit it, Westgate took it down to 40 to one. Why would I put it in there? Why? Just to like, you know, run with a flag and pretend like I'm special. So no, I have a 25 to one on Texas. And I have a hundred to one on Washington. So Anyone that like wants to see anything come through the app on this game, I'm not going to do it. But I will tell you, if I had no money on this game whatsoever, I would take Washington and the points. I think Texas can maybe win this game by one or two points, but the and Texas dominates in every single facet when you put everything head to head, except for one area. Their secondary is in trouble here. They've got one of their top secondary defenders that's going to be out. He was uh, he had some targeting. He'll be out the first half in this game. Malik Muhammad's having problems covering people in that secondary. Jalen Catalan, the the Locker room, clubhouse leader is in the transfer portal. Uh, listen, no one can run on Texas. Texas is the best defensive front seven in the world, and their offense is peaking, but they have two big issues. One, they can't cover the Washington pass whatsoever. And two, sometimes Sark and the Longhorns and Quinn Ewers just choke down in the red zone. When they get past the 40-yard line and they're in scoring opportunities, they only rank like 70th in the nation. Now, we've had two good weeks in a row against Oklahoma State, against Texas Tech where they've absolutely blown everybody out down in the red zone. That was those defenses. I just watched a Washington defense in Las Vegas that shut down Bo Nix and that Oregon attack trying to make a comeback. So Texas has holes. Washington can expose them. So I would take Washington to cover the game, but Texas has got to play their best to win this. They can, but they got to play their best. Colin, give us 30 seconds if you'd be so kind, and they'll hit you with one more thing here. Don't have a ton of time left. Any bets for Army and Navy coming up tomorrow? Army in between a a two-and-a-half and a a three-point favor. The total is one might expect. The Patriots-Steelers-esque 28. (laughs) I took an over here. Uh, It was at 20. There's some 27-and-a-halves out there, and finally the books are letting you buy a half point. I have over 27 minus 120 officially. Uh, 28s are on the board. It's not coming back. So if you can get that, I would go get it. This is all about the explosive play, and you're like, what, these two teams? But there is a way for quarterback Bryson Daly for Army to have play-action pass explosives, and Navy has this quarterback, Braxton Woodson. I would take him 7-1 to anytime TD. The kid is a stick of dynamite, and it's not going to be pretty, and it's going to be ugly, but for two minutes there could be enough explosive plays to get over this total. Colin, I've asked a, a couple of guests this so far this week. We've talked about it a little bit on the show. Uh, the Heisman, obviously. So Army-Navy on Saturday afternoon. Heisman gets announced that night. The expectation, obviously, in the betting market is that Jaden Daniels is going to win the Heisman Trophy. But the market is still open for betting. And I was talking to somebody, I think I said this to Kanish yesterday, like I had a friend who bets like a lot, message me and basically say, hey, I can bet a ton of money right now on Jane Daniels, like minus a thousand. And we, we called it a bridge jump is like the term that we use, obviously, like you put a ton of money in and like, can't be wrong. Like if it's wrong, it hurts right. basically. And it needs to be right. But also like, is this almost a sure thing? What kind of advice would you give to like the, the markets are open in like 30 seconds here? Would you bet a lot of money on Jane Daniels to win the Heisman thinking there's no way he can lose? I wouldn't for the same reason with my WWE bets. It's still a subjective vote that comes down to a closed doors behind a curtain where, where human beings are involved in making it. It's not something that plays out on a field where you can use variables to actually predict the outcome. Now, Jaden Daniels should win this. No problem. But there is a very strong contingency of Michael Penix people out there that think an undefeated team that won the conference championships going to the college football playoff should be in there. He's going to get a lot of votes. I don't. It's going to be closer than people think, but Jaden Daniels is the one winning it. I would save my hammer the big money line for something else. We'll see if, uh, if like if like Penix puts Daniels in the sharpshooter and like Vince McMahon runs out to call for the bell. Like we'll we'll, we'll 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 know that something's up. The New York uh, City Rolls. 
I was actually yeah. thinking, like, what do I want to call this year? Which screw job do I want to call it? Yeah. And couldn't yeah, come yeah. up with something good enough, so I just passed on it. So that was a good job by Ken. Uh, Colin, great job by you, as always, my friend. On Twitter, at underscore Colin1, Colin with two L's. The podcast is Big Bets on Campus, and be sure to uh, be on the lookout for Colin's Bowl Confidence Pool article over at the Action Network. My friend, we appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Good luck with the bets, and we'll catch up with you real soon. Thanks for having me, guys. See you soon. Our pal Colin Wilson joining us here on You Better, You Bet. I love Colin's take on Otani also. Not rushing to bet Blue Jays futures if Otani signs there. Good stuff there from Colin. On the other side, we'll get you some soccer bets for the weekend from our good pal Anthony DeBundo from the Wonder Goal podcast. We'll be right back with You Better, You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ah, uh, yes, the vibes are excellent here on a phenomenal football Friday. Uh, for people watching right now on YouTube and Twitch, just a reminder, right in the chat, your favorite football bet for this weekend, make the case for it, and uh, we will read your submissions coming up in 20 minutes. If you have questions about the games, like it could be a prop bet, could be a same-game parlay, a parlay, a teaser, anything you like coming up this weekend in football, the national football, I guess you could do soccer also. I don't know. Maybe we'll like, <laughs> we can make some, wait, right, make right some analysis for you. I'll be like, <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite bet. Oh, yeah. oh, you like, oh, oh, you like Atletico Madrid? Worst bet of yeah, all time, too. idiot. I had that written Moron. down. Yeah, I was actually going to give that out. So me first. Uh, so again, people watching in the YouTube chat, give us your favorite football bet. Twitch chat, your favorite football bet for this weekend. We will talk about them coming up in 20 minutes time. Brad Evans still to come next hour. Give it us prop bets for week 14 in the NFL. The Glassman, PJ Glasser, one hour from right now. Power hour, final hour. will feature all our bets for tonight and for week 14, NFL Sunday. But let's get some soccer bets right now from our pal Anthony DeBundo. And, like, listen, like, we're in the time of year where maybe people are starting to get more into soccer now that college football has kind of gone by the wayside as we approach bowl season here. If you're like, oh, man, like, what do I do? here with soccer. Anthony does the work so you don't have to. It's why we have him on the show because he's awesome. He's on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. His soccer betting podcast, which we encourage people to check out if, you're, if you like to bet and you like soccer, Wonder Goal is the name of the podcast. Be sure to check it out. And Anthony covers a bunch of sports for our friends over at the Action Network. Big baseball fan as well. Talking some Otani with Anthony during the uh, commercial break as we await to find out if he's definitely signing with the Blue Jays. Not Anthony. Shohei Otani. Anthony, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Happy Football Friday, my friend. Well, if the Blue Jays did want to give me a contract, I would happily sign. Uh, you know, I, I top out around seventy-five, so it could be tough for the uh, <laughs> could be tough for the for the me to get major league hitters out. But uh, I'm happy to sign if they're interested. The uh, the insiders tweeting like the Toronto Blue Jays will have a press conference at five p.m. They like get to the podium, they're like, "We'd like to announce our newest signing, Anthony DeBundo." And everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like the Michigan Alabama reaction." Like, oh God, oh no. Uh, Anthony, I think of how would Drake talking... rhyme DeBundo in like his next song? Like, what would like the what would like <laughs> like Telemundo? <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> like something something profane. I can't say. Uh, and then Nick was talking uh, earlier in the show when uh, teasing when we were going to have you on that basically like the Premier League might end up as a futures market might end up heating up and like this kind of piques my interest just because I, I bet a lot of futures markets. I bet a lot of award markets. I see the prices even that our producer Alex has put on the screen. So to win the Premier League, Man City, uh, even money, Arsenal plus 250, Liverpool plus 333, which is like an asinine price. But those are your, your three favorites in order. 
Do you agree with that pricing? Kind of give us an idea for what's going on here and why this might get very interesting. Well, it's very interesting because Man City has stumbled here. They have not won any of their last four matches. They've gone through a really tough stretch in the schedule. They tied Chelsea. They tied Liverpool. They lost to Villa. They tied Spurs. They had leads in all three of those matches that they tied. So they've really struggled uh, defensively, and they have not been able to put away these teams that, you know, are tough matchups, but teams that they're better than. They're better than everybody, right? So that you expect them to pretty much win every match. They were odds on. Uh, in all of those matches to win them. So the fact they didn't is a little alarming, but we've seen this movie before. Last year, Arsenal opened up a big gap. They got as high as minus 200 to win the Premier League, and then City went on this, kind of kicked into gear and went on this historic run. The big ace in the hole that I think City still has, one is the experience of having done this before, but two, Kevin De Bruyne is going to be back in January for the majority of the second half. If he's able to stay healthy, I still think it's City's title to lose, but like we're now almost at the halfway point. 15 matches in, 19's the halfway point, and City has not looked materially better than Arsenal or Liverpool. If you look at you know all the underlying stats, uh, Liverpool, Arsenal are like a smidge worse, uh, but they're right there in, in kind of like XG difference per 90 and, and goal difference. So, uh, and then of course the points with Arsenal and Liverpool being ahead of them, they're going to play each other. Arsenal and Liverpool will in a couple of weeks here, just before Christmas. Huge fixture in terms of you know who's going to have that that leg up as we head into the January brief break and then uh, we get into the you know African Cup of Nations where some players are going to be leaving. So it's going to be really interesting coming down here. Still no bet for me. I'm going to try to wait and hope City drops some more points maybe and then uh, I can get City at a better price. All right, so good stuff there from Anthony on the on the title race right now in the English Premier League. My friend, let's get to some matches coming up for this weekend in the Prem, and then we'll, I think we'll head to Germany for, uh, for where in the world. We look forward to that. Let's start with Crystal Palace and Liverpool. What do you got for this one? Yeah, we were just talking about Liverpool. I still think they have uh, probably the best chance to upset City for the league title, but I think the one reason they won't do it is their road form. And if you look at the delta between home performance and away performance, the number one difference has been Aston Villa, who... Uh, just had a big win Thursday against City. The second biggest difference between home and away this year is Liverpool. They've been the best team in the league at home. They've won every match, plus 19 goal difference. Away from home, conceding over one expected goal per match on average, and now they're dealing with an injury that's pretty important in Allison being out. And I kind of poo-pooed it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, well, you know, they can maybe get by here. Look, the downgrade to Kelleher is significant. He was at fault for two of the three goals they conceded to Fulham. They gave up a full expected goal to Sheffield United on the road on uh, Wednesday in the league. Sheffield United only done that on non-penalty goals two other times this season. So the fact that they got there is a little concerning. There are some red flags for this defense. Palace is without their second-best attacker in Eze. And now their best attacker, it just dropped like five minutes ago, may not start tomorrow. So I don't love that. Uh, but I do like Palace here at the number. Plus one, uh, minus 105 is out there. They have Liverpool has taken some money with this news about Michael Olise potentially not starting. Uh, but like I said, their road form, if you're giving up almost an expected goal or more per match on the road, it's very hard to cover these big spreads. And I think Liverpool's going to have a problem doing that tomorrow. So I do like some Palace. I already bet them, so I'm locked in. Hopefully Elise gets to start and uh, we can root on our Eagles. Uh, Anthony, I know the next match you want to talk about, Man United and Bournemouth. I think we did Bournemouth last week, actually, too. Uh, now taking on Man United. What do we like here? Yeah, last week I said Bournemouth's you know, trending upward, and I think they still are, and the market's not quite caught on. They got a result at home against Villa. They got the uh, the cover for us in a 2-2 draw. They beat Crystal Palace in the midweek. And, you know, you'd say, well, the market's going to start to catch on, but they've actually gone, the market's gone the other way here because Man United had their best performance of the season against Knicks Blues. They put up four expected goals, won the match 2-1. 
uh, on Wednesday in the league, and it was really impressive for United. The market loves Chelsea, so United beating Chelsea, United got a huge bump. The market moved 6% toward United today. I think it's kind of an overreaction to one game. United looked terrible on Saturday when they lost at Newcastle, gave up 3XG in that match. Even in the win, they gave up 1.5 expected goals to Chelsea. Like This defense is so bad. They're bottom five and everything, uh, and they, they're dealing with some injuries now too. Uh, Victor Lindelof may be out. Luke Shaw may be out for United. So some concerning in- injuries coming up for them. And like I said, Bournemouth continues to trend up. Scott McTominay has been like the revolution for for United. He's the leading goal scorer at the club right now. Plays midfield, Scottish Scotty. Like, is that going to really be sustainable? He's got five goals already in the league. I'm not sure I buy that. And, and he has a liability in the actual midfield where he's supposed to play. Uh, they have been getting him forward a lot. So I like Bournemouth plus one here. United still has one win by multiple goals all season. If they beat me again, I'll tip my cap. I don't think they will. I'll take Bournemouth plus one. You better, you better hear Nick and Ken. Phenomenal football Friday. Getting soccer bets from our pal Anthony DeBundo of the Action Network and the Wonder Goal podcast on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo. By the way, I think it would be like watching girls on Telemundo now hitting cleanup for the Blue Jays. Anthony DeBundo, just whatever. Mm. Um, Anthony, uh, how about Everton? Yeah, actually, I don't think it's terrible. Uh, Anthony doesn't like it. Uh, Everton and Chelsea this weekend before we head to Germany for where in the world. I don't mind it as long as I'm getting the contract. Uh, so I'm going to go with Everton at home here. And I'm sorry, Nick, uh, but this Chelsea team, I thought they'd be improved this year. I think they are improved relatively, but the market has gone just like cuckoo crazy for this team. They have them the market. If you just you know were to rate every team based on where the market has them, they'd have them as the fourth best team. Do you think Chelsea's the fourth best team in the league, Nick? You watch them here and there. No. Definitely not. No, not yet. Right? I think that they could like not turn yet. into it as the season goes on. But right now, definitely not. But I do think like as the season goes on, like they could be like one of like the four or five best teams. Not at the moment, right now. To be fair, I agree. And you know who is playing like one of the four or five best teams? It's actually Everton. Uh, if you just take the last two months, their expected goal differential is sixth best in the league. It's better than Tottenham. It's better than Brighton, a team that we like and I like. Uh, like they've been better than United, better than Brentford. They got this 10-point deduction, and then they lost their first match to United. Since then, they have looked really impressive. Dominant win against Newcastle. Put up four expected goals on Thursday at home. Uh, They've been so good at home, and they don't need to have the ball to be good. They win the ball and then break really quickly, and it's been very effective for them uh, creating chances on the break. So Everton's pretty healthy. I like the Toffees. You know, I like the money line here. Uh, I think that they're undervalued. You could take draw no bet if you want to be a little safer. It could end in a draw. Uh, and if that total creeps down, it's starting to creep down. If it gets down to like minus 115 again, over again, are these Everton totals crazy? So we've already we've already done Drake. Uh, let's, let's 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 also do where in the world is Anthony DeBundo? Uh, and I, I think we're we're going to Germany. Is that where we're going this week? Uh, to tell we're us go, about the better. We got about, uh, about a minute 90 seconds left. I think I need to ban Spain because I, I woke up. I was on the West Coast actually. I woke up at like 6 a.m. to watch. Uh, our boys Girona, my Girona, play Valencia. And I woke up and it was already 1-0 Valencia with like 10 minutes to go. And then Valencia gave up two goals in the last 10 minutes and lost 2-1. So we lost last week. We need a redemption. We're going to Germany, a league I prefer. Uh, Stuttgart is taking on Leverkusen. Now, when you think of the top teams in Germany, you know Bayern. Usually it's like Leipzig, Dortmund. This year it's Stuttgart and Leverkusen who are in those spots that are challenging Bayern for the league title right now. And if you just looked at these two teams, they're pretty much mirrors of each other. They don't do a ton of pressing. Uh, they're both you know, right around second or third in every metric from box entries on offense and defense. Uh, Leverkusen and Stuttgart have both run pretty well. They've, they've had breakout star strikers 
whether it's Girassi for Stuttgart and, and Boniface for Leverkusen. Both of these teams pretty much even to me. Uh, one of them's a road favorite, Leverkusen. I have Leverkusen slightly better, but not enough here. Uh, I think Stuttgart on the draw no bet line uh, plus money is good. I think their money line is fine too if you want to be more aggressive. Uh, I love Stuttgart this weekend at home. Uh, just had a huge win in the cup against against Dortmund as well. Like they continue to be undervalued by the market. Whereas I think we're hitting like this Leverkusen team maybe at the top of theirs uh, after a, a draw last week against Dortmund. Anthony, good job, brother, on the show as per usual on Twitter at Anthony DeBundo, the Wonder Goal Podcast, the Action Network for all of Anthony's bets. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. Wishing you the best of luck on all the bets this weekend. Stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Our pal Anthony DeBundo joining us here on You Better, You Bet. And like every season I say it, as uh, football season starts to wind down, I get to watch more soccer, which is awesome. I think we're uh, not that close to the return of Nikki football, but not terribly like far month. away. Like a, yeah, like a little more than a month. Maybe like two yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah, like it might honestly it might be like after the Super Bowl, but that assumes yeah. um, assumes I'm working after the Super Bowl, which I'll, uh, maybe I'll work that Monday, and then it's see you later, suckers. <laughs> suckers. Oh, where in the world is Nick Costos? <laughs> Not here. All right, get those bets in, football bets for the weekend, twitch.tv backslash betql, youtube.com backslash odyssey sports. Ken and I will read and talk about them to start next hour. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.